Hey y'all, welcome to Millennial Pastor. This is episode number two. Coming at you from Clear Lake Baptist Church in Houston, Texas. Uh, I'm Philip Gann. I'm the worship and youth minister here. Yeah, and I'm John Aaron Matthew. I'm the lead pastor here. And we, yeah, we are, we are in Southeast Houston. Clear Lake Baptist Church is in the Clear Lake area. Southeast Houston. And when you think about Southeast Houston and all of Houston, you think about, what do you think about, Philip? Uh, the Astros. The Astros. Well, yeah, yeah, the Astros, for real. <laughs> yeah. World champions. But also something like a natural disaster that occurred. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hurricane Harvey. Hurricane Harvey, for real. So we want to do a special podcast today, you know, super special, it being our second podcast. We want to do a podcast about Hurricane Harvey and, and really as a young leader in a church, which is the, that's what this past, this podcast is geared towards, what do you do to respond to a natural disaster? And so really we want to talk through just kind of what we did and and what, what to do, yeah. Yeah, there's a, uh, so just in case you're a new pastor of church, you're in an area of Florida or anywhere, anywhere can have a natural disaster and you never walk through a natural disaster with the church this is we're just kind of going to tell you kind of what we did um and kind (laughs) of i don't know things that we learned from it uh john aaron you said that you before you before it happened to you oh yeah so the hurricane was coming right yeah everybody's talking about it it's on all it's on all the news channels everybody gets obsessed when hurricanes are coming your way and so i was like man it's supposed to come over the weekend which I don't, I don't know if y'all thought about it, but every single hurricane that hit, hit on a weekend. So hmm. so churches everywhere were thinking, what do we need to do? Most of them hit on a Sunday. So churches everywhere, everywhere were thinking about what to do. I was literally Googling <laughs> what to do, when to cancel church or not, what to do, yeah, in, <laughs> in case of a natural disaster. I couldn't find anything anywhere. I was like, Please, there's got to be some people who like have blogged about this. There have to be some podcasts about it somewhere. Any tips from like denominations or whatever? I was like wanting something. I found a few like weird things, and it was like <laughs> it was not good. So uh, I texted some some people. Um, one of my friends, actually, who I texted, that he was like, "Oh no, we never cancel ever." And then the hurricane hit them, and they're like, "I canceled four days in advance." I was like, "Come on, my friend," and t- I hadn't talked to him about that. But anyway. I didn't know what to do, and so uh, we'll just go ahead and, and uh, kind of tell you our my experience um, and our experiences. Yeah. But for me, I was stressed out. Do I cancel church? Do I not? Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, if you cancel church and it's no big deal, it's an event that actually blows past you and doesn't really affect you. Then you just you're going to miss a whole week of offering. Mm. You're going to like stuff you don't think about. You're going to yeah. You're going to people are going to want to meet and go to church and they're going to be like, well, the pastor canceled it, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, but if you do, if you, if you don't cancel it and you know, you don't want people to be unsafe. You don't want people yeah. to be put in unsafe situations or show up at church and you have no mm-hmm. electricity. You have no working bathrooms. Oh, I mean, yeah. So to think about it's for real. And just, the, yeah, just the safety of, of maybe if the storm hits when people are, on the road going to church yeah. or they're at church and then the storm hits and they're stuck there and stranded and it's flooding. I mean, it's, it's a lot of responsibility pastors have. I don't know yeah. if people knew this, <laughs> but, but for real. So what I did, a lo- I was probably the last person to cancel. Mm-hmm. So I'm sitting there on Saturday night and the storm had already hit south of us, but Houston was good. 
and we had yep. gone out on Saturday as a family, went, got some more groceries. We're like, oh yeah, we're good. We're safe. And, um, I was thinking, wow, man, I'm like awesome. Cause we didn't cancel church. Cause I took my <laughs> friend's advice. Cause he didn't, he's like, we're not gonna cancel church for, for anything. And then, um, it started raining, it started raining hard mm-hmm. and, and it was looking like, man, it's going to rain for a while. So I was, I had, I had already preemptively told people, Hey, I'm going to make the call Saturday night. So I've been in dialogue and contact with the church, you know, several times during the week, letting them know, Hey, I'm not going to make this decision until Saturday night. But anyway, it started raining and I was writing an email and I canceled services and then I was about to go to bed mm. and we, we went to turn my porch light off and I walked outside and I, and I saw that my street was completely covered with water. Yeah. Wow. I couldn't believe it. Our area, <laughs> yeah. our area does not, it, it never floods. They've had mm-hmm. some serious floods in Houston over the last several years and people on our street and you know, I've said our, our street has never flooded before in the 20 years of, yeah of this neighborhood being here. So our street was covered with water. And I was like, Emily, my wife, I was like, let's, we should probably look at this and yeah. <laughs> come, come, come check this out. We started putting like stones out to mark how high the water was going. And, and I mean, it, it just within a matter of like 10 minutes, it had risen another two feet and wow. we were pretty freaked out. Yeah. It, water came into our garage mm-hmm. and we were, we, it almost had flooded our truck. We, we're putting everything upstairs. We were waiting for it to come in. It was literally one of the craziest, most challenging nights, most stressful nights of our life. And we were just sitting there praying, praying for our family, for our kids sleeping upstairs and praying for other families, Yeah, families in our church. And, um, so yeah. Uh, see, we didn't have it as hard as you. Yeah, We didn't have it as hard as you, but we felt like it was, we felt, uh, so my wife and I, we were out of town. Uh, we were, we were in Tennessee. We were out of town for a conference and all of a sudden, it, when we left, it was like, "Oh, hurricane's coming! It's going to be a Category One. It's gonna, it's not going to be that big of a deal." And we got to Tennessee the next morning. We woke up. It's like it's a Category Four, and it's just, just floating over Houston, pouring rain. And we're like, "Oh no!" Like we had just bought a house. We're in Tennessee. We're stuck. Like flights are not gonna are flying back here. So we feel this weird response. It's a good responsibility. We feel this responsibility to be here while it's happening. But honestly, like there's nothing we could have done. So we're sitting there like worrying about our house, worrying about all of our church, all the church members, worrying about worrying about Texas from Tennessee. It was it was a it was a surreal experience. I'll just say that. Uh, obviously, not as bad as our, our house was okay, but obvi- and uh, our house was okay. And we didn't have the same experience as you guys did, like where the water was coming up and about to get into your house. But, um, yeah, it was still like it was it was still nerve wracking to be out, not even here. Well, I've been thinking about you guys. Uh, obviously, we want to try to check on your house for you, and but but you know it's a blessing and a curse to be far away when you're on staff, yeah, at a local church because I know that, and and I'm glad that you guys weren't here, mm-hmm. you know, and. It's one of those things where it's like, do you evacuate? Do you not evacuate? Mm-hmm. And it was not a... We didn't evacuate. Right. We, we were had a pre-planned trip to go yeah. to, on, to a conference. And even even the um, the storm wound up you know, directly hitting way south of us, so it wasn't going to be a direct hit. We probably... That's a whole other circumstance. Do you, ev- do you evacuate if it's going to potentially be a direct hit to mm-hmm. Houston? Yeah, probably so. But in this case, you know, it, but that's a whole other situation. When What do you do? Some yeah. people would say... Um, nope, pastor doesn't need to evacuate. Pastor needs to go and sleep at the church with his family and be mm-hmm. there. Always be protecting the church. Yeah. But the thing that I, honestly, the thing that you need to do 
is pastor your family mm-hmm. first. I mean, yes, you got you got to pastor this church. You yep. got to care for people. But you have to pastor your own family that has just gone through a traumatic experience. Yeah. And, um, and you cannot leave your family, you know, stranded at home mm-hmm. while you're out ministering to everybody else's family. So pa- pastor your family and pastor your street. Those are the, yeah. That's one big takeaway that that I got from this is you really have to pastor your, your own family and shepherd them through this time. Help, help the kids to frame this and to know what's happening. And pastor your own street. Because people... You know, you you are going to be right there. Um, you have the opportunity to be involved in your neighbor's lives, really to love your neighbors. Mm-hmm. And it's a great opportunity where where all these different boundaries and barriers to your neighbors are suddenly broken down, and mm-hmm. you have an opportunity to speak into their life and check in on them and say, "Hey, mm-hmm. how's it going? We're neighbors, and you know, I'm looking out for you. What can I do for you? Let me help you with this." <laughs> I kayak down the street. Am I, I saw that picture. Yeah, I was the next morning. I got out, kayaked down my street, and was just ta- waving the neighbor- neighbors mm-hmm. and talking to them. They're like, you're in your kayak. And I was giving them a report. I'm like, this is how it looks down here on this end of the street. How's it look down here? What's going on? Do you have water in your house? And The kayak report from John Aaron yeah. Matthew to everybody. And, um, you know, we had some drains that were stopped up. So I was out there, like, unclogging some drains. And I had some neighbors who were like, thank you for that. And we had another area where there was water kind of draining from a field into our property. So a bunch of neighbors, we got out there, and we, like, we we built a little levee to block the water from pouring more into our street and overwhelming our drain. So it was a great opportunity. Yeah, I saw you. I saw like another picture and video of you and your like neighbors like st- grabbing your sod out of your yards and stacking it to make yes. a dam. So you know, I knew a few of those people. Yeah, and there's some people I had seen, but I really got to know them there in that oper- in that that experience. And some people were like, "Wait, we're neighbors. Let's." Mm-hmm. Uh, and then and I we I had known them from somewhere else, but we we're able to serve together that the storm That's really awesome. brought us together yeah in that way and it brings your family together but you have to be present to pastor your family through that experience mm-hmm. you know another thing that i did was be in touch with our deacons before mm-hmm. and you know after we had a group text going to our deacons and i said hey you know pastor your family as well and also you have families that you're all assigned to in our church so please yeah. check on them especially the widows so I was really impressed with our deacons who were able to step up and we all were group texting back and forth. This widow's doing great. This widow's okay. This person has water in the house, but I'm going the way yeah. over there to help them. And, and to, you, know, you can't do it all yourself. So having that team to help was huge. Yeah. That team to, so you guys prayed and you prepared and you planned what to do next that you and that team and there's the more more team obviously came together yeah. than just the deacon you know after a couple of days we were able to get out from our home because there's really nothing you could do we could do for a couple of days mm-hmm. so i was just on our street serving there but mm-hmm. after a few days water was recited enough that we felt like let's get in touch with with church leaders people on our committees and serve mm-hmm. teams deacons and let's call let's, whoever can, can safely get out let's meet up at the church yeah and let's Let's prayerfully make a plan of how we're going to respond. I was praying from a distance. Yeah. <laughs> so it was pretty awesome. We had about 15 people show up. It was a diverse group of yeah. people that showed up. And we heard each other's stories. We talked about it. And we said, we, we were just like, okay, how, church, how do you think we should respond? What should we do? Mm-hmm. What are some of the needs out there? And uh, we made a plan and we prayed, to, we prayed together and uh, 
put that plan into motion. So it's yeah, pretty awesome. So we got a so that plan came to fruition in a diff, in a few different ways. Um, here at Clear Lake Baptist Church, I saw you guys. Um, I, I, like the yeah. next day, like I'm still in Tennessee, stuck, like itching to get back here. I'm like pacing up and down the hallways, and I see, I see. Uh, I don't know if it's a Facebook Live video from you or from some news net avenue, but I see like Pastor John Aaron Matthew, and he's <clears throat> talking to a camera, and behind him there's like hundreds of people. Yeah, here at our church, like right after the hurricane. Yeah, it was it was pretty amazing. Again, I mean the whole like itching to get back that you're talking about. That's yeah. how people were to, they were itching to get out of their houses. Yeah. People who were stuck in their houses but they didn't experience any flooding. Mm-hmm. They were itching to serve. And yeah. So what we did, and what I would encourage other people to do is, after a natural disaster, if your facilities are semi decent. Open it up to for the community to participate in giving and serving, and so we became a distribution hub for relief that mm-hmm. went f- throughout all of Houston, but particularly Southeast Houston. Yeah. And so, uh, okay, in our planning meeting, we thought, well, we we should probably start collecting some stuff. <laughs> we have a food pantry, and there's it's already kind of, you know, we have we have a few food pantry in place that we do weekly. It's a weekly ministry. So we have some things already in place. So let's kind of build from that basis and, and come up with, you know, just a giving center open to anybody who needs support in a, in a place where people can drop off what, what they have and people that can donate. So yep. donate their time. So basically I remember meeting with some of the leaders the next morning and saying, all right, I think maybe like, 50 people might show up. So we need to be prepared to have 50 <laughs> volunteers and giving them things to do. And, and cause we, we're going to have people who are going to want to serve mm-hmm. that day. We had about 700 people. That's crazy. Come to volunteer. <laughs> yeah. 700 people. Not to pick up stuff. They came to volunteer. Yes. <laughs> That's crazy. So they were coming and dropping off clothing. They were dropping off food. They were dropping off cleaning supplies and diapers and all kinds of stuff. And most of them not only dropped off, but they stayed to yeah. help sort those things and get those things put in a way that others could come and shop <laughs> and pick up what they needed. So we had like a high school football team show up. We had baseball team show up. We had um, just people from my wife's and children's school show up, um, teachers and and friends of ours from the, from different neighborhoods, from different areas, just in, in our life that we're just there all in the same place. We were all working together, sorting clothing, yeah. sorting stuff. It was, it was awesome. amazing. Yeah. And so one of the biggest needs I think a church can fulfill is meeting the need to allow, giving people an, a handle to serve. Yeah. The, we yeah. were the only place open for people to actually give back and serve at the time. Yeah. So they, I mean, they flooded in and they, and they, Looked at our church, yeah, like super positively because of that. I think it's super cool. Uh, it's weird to say things are cool after a hurricane, but when you start pulling out nuggets, like there's some, there's the nugget of the community that was happening with people. But another like uh, uh, small, tiny blessing that it was a big blessing that we got from God is like that next weekend was Labor Day weekend, and so people were like, "I've got extra time. I'm ready yeah. to serve. I'm 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 ready to go." So that was cool. Yeah. You know that that was pretty awesome. What we had kind of simultaneously simultaneously happening again. Our deacons took the lead on ministering to those families. We had some mm-hmm. families who had who had um, water in their home, 
and that were in need of mud out and sheetrock taken out and, and and so our deacons really took the lead while we were had the whole church ser- serving as a distribution center and we had some members that stepped up i didn't even know these people had the, <laughs> had leadership skills yeah. they just like they were like well uh there's 800 people here who's in charge of this area i said you are because you asked so <laughs> please do something with all these clothes and i mean it was amazing but our deacons were mudding out homes and taking out sheetrock and repairing and, pull, and, and pulling stuff out. Yeah. We had our distribution center happening for about two weeks. We had people showing up and saying, hey, there's this whole hotel that's a FEMA shelter. They don't have – there's kids in there. There's yeah. senior adults. They have no drinking water. There's no baby food. There's no diaper. What are we going to do? Mm-hmm. I was like, come on. Let's, let's load up trucks with some of the stuff that these people just dropped off here. Let's load it up and let's bring it to the FEMA shelters. Yeah. It's pretty pretty awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, it took over everything. Yeah, that dude. I, another. I remember meeting this one guy who was doing that. Uh, yeah. and it's just his name was Will Smith. Uh, I don't know if we're. Uh, I don't know if we're in trouble yeah. for saying his name, but I don't think if you're gonna be. I don't think you're gonna find him from from those two. It's not not the names. Will Smith. <laughs> not the Will Smith. Another Will Smith. Right. That's and so when someone was telling me, oh yeah, Will Smith came and helped. I was like, what? <laughs> what? <For> real? <laughs> so Way to go, man. He's a real deal. So all these things were happening. <laughs> Uh, but what's crazy to me, I got back a week later and the needs had already changed. The yes. needs had already changed. Man, it was a day by day thing. Yeah. And you know, we, we were constantly having an update on Facebook being like, all right, here's what we, we don't need any more of this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no more water. <laughs> we're good with water for right now. Mm-hmm. Believe it or not, but we do need sizes three and, and four diapers. So mm-hmm. we'll bring those diapers <laughs> and, and it just day by day, the needs were, we had people come in and be like, do you have any bleach? And we're like, uh-oh, we need some bleach. Yeah. Can't, can't get bleach anywhere. Right. Let's try mm-hmm. to go on Amazon. Well, you can get bleach from Amazon in three weeks. But I got Prime. <laughs> you know, so like it, it was just unbelievable the things that you don't have. Yeah. And that you can't get. Mm-hmm. And so cleaning supplies quickly became something that people really, really needed. And it was hard to find. And and people were saying, what can I bring? What can I bring? And those needs, those needs continue to change. And what we were doing. Mm-hmm began to change first we were meeting that need of volunteerism then the next day we had people come able to get to us and get what they needed then we figured out that people needed us to come to them because the people that were hurt the most had their cars flooded out Mm -hmm. so then we started packing up trucks full of supplies and bringing street teams out to deliver those things yeah and it was just figuring it out yeah being being able to put the legwork in and and and, uh and being, be, flexible being flexible about it. for sure yeah um when we we started hosting groups yeah and people were because we had some different connections that you and i have had mm-hmm. um with other churches particularly shout out to tennessee and louisiana are some of our, yeah. our home states <laughs> yeah. those people who know us were like how can we help let's bring we want to bring a group mm-hmm. so those people like were like contact contacted us and i said Yes, there is a lot of work to do for a long time. Yeah. If you can come and be self-sustainable and if you can come and be flexible, yeah. then you will have lots of work to do. Hey, if any of you guys are out here, out there listening, like that came and helped, oh man, you guys helped so much. Thank you. Man, yes, our Tennessee people, our Louisiana Tennessee people, Tech. you guys are BCM. amazing. <laughs> yeah, we had Tennessee Tech people, we had Louisiana Tech people, yep. uh, we had churches in those communities. It was great. An outpouring. And another thing, just as a young pastor, some things to think about, again, giving different people avenues to give, not only with um, with with uh, people showing up to volunteer in your community, 
but putting something online that's something i kind of did because someone in our gather in our group that we met in was like well maybe people want to give so we kind of threw up a page well we wound up getting several thousands of dollars of people that wanted to give who yep. couldn't come and help mm-hmm. they're, they're outside of our community but they had a connection with us or someone from our church and they started giving yeah th- online and we were able to use that to, to help so many different people well we found out um we found and this is i'm back at this point i'm being i'm being able to help we found out that there were people who and this is not to knock knock any of the big organizations that, that were out here helping we we are so thankful for that but uh we found out there were people who wanted to come and say, here's my $1,000. I, I see what you guys are doing. I see this is physically happening right now, like right here. And it was it was more pers- personal to them, so they wanted, they were willing to give. So um, if the, if this were to ever happen to you, and we're not going to wish that on anybody, but um, there will be people that are willing and ready to give. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And and the natural disasters could be it could be a hurricane, could mm-hmm. be a tropical storm, could be a flood, could be tornado, a tornado, anything. could be a fire, yeah, an earthquake. I mean, there's all kinds of different natural disasters that might hit your community. Mm-hmm. And so, hopefully, this is an encouragement to you. Um, but people people are going to want want to give, and so giving multiple yeah. avenues to that. Um, so not only community giving, online giving, um, but posting online as well as saying like. Hey, if you can't give financially, here's some things you can collect and send. Yeah. I had people from out mm-hmm. of the state sending us some different supplies that we couldn't get here. Like I said, bleach and other cleaning supplies. Well, yeah. out of state, they could get it. So they started mailing them and shipping them to mm-hmm. us. Or um, they would send gift cards, yeah. which was a big deal. We still have gift cards that we're yeah. still able to bless people at mm-hmm. Christmas time with. So those gift cards, um, you know, I've had, I had someone cry because they got a $20 gift card. Yeah. I mean... The difference to to say, hey, hopefully this we're sorry. We want to pray mm-hmm. with you, and I know that I know this is a hard time for you. Here's here's a twenty dollar gift card. Hopefully it can help you mm-hmm. as you go. You know, you can go to Walmart, get some things that you need. Yeah, like uh, interest. Interestingly enough, the uh, I'm, we mean we mo- we just moved here um, a little over a year ago, and one of the when we first got here, we noticed that uh, there was a there was a spirit of Houston. There was a part of the spirit of Houston that had a little bit of I don't know if it was pride or a little bit of like like keep it to yourself kind of thing. And that all kind of alleviated when hurricane mm. Harvey came in. I mean, people, people were grateful. People were helpful. People were friendly. Um, uh, it, it, it broke that down. Yeah. And so, yeah. And I would say even some barriers were broken down between churches. Yeah. You know, for when, sure. when I saw some other church leaders the next day in my community, like the first day I can get out, I saw, I went to this one hamburger place that happened to be open and they were like out of hamburgers actually. So yeah. we were like getting other things there. But I saw a church leader from another church and, and it was just a sense of camaraderie. Like we were able to say, hey, we're in this together. Let's serve together. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, going back to what Philip was saying, there's some big organizations out there, the big ones that get that get a lot of funding, a lot yeah. of publicity. But, th- you know, the, the stat was passed around a lot and mm-hmm. this is what people were telling us from the from like the homes that people were where they were receiving the help. And then the Lieutenant governor of our state of Texas shared, confirmed the stat with us that 80% of the recovery and relief work that was done immediately after the hurricane was done by local churches. That's, Can you that's so that? cool. That's so cool. So, I mean, we're hearing about all this stuff happening in the stadium over there, or this, this group's coming down, but honestly, f- I never saw, I never saw any of those big organizations. Yeah. I had, we had one truck come in about a week later with, with one shipment of cleaning supplies. And we were very happy to yeah. receive some cleaning supplies from mm-hmm. this one organization. 
that was the one time we saw them and then we heard that they packed up and went to another place because there was another hurricane another hurricane coming. yeah so all the work was done by local churches and that's a pretty amazing thing yeah and part, partnering with those lo- local churches to to do this in the name of Jesus Christ is mm-hmm. what it's all about and the sake for the sake of the gospel and so those those groups that have come down to help us we, we were hosting teams so that's another thing I was saying yeah an outlet would be to host those teams yeah that's another way you can par- partner with other churches even outside of your community. Right. So we began to allow tr- um, groups to stay in our church. Like mm-hmm. I said, if they can be flexible and self-sustainable, they stayed in our church and they went out in the community. And that kind of helped us to some degree as yeah. pastors who mm-hmm. have been doing, who, who all of a sudden found our life doing full-time missions, hurricane recovery. Yeah. It helped us, even though it was kind of a burden to some degree to host a team mm-hmm. since we talked about on the front end, be flexible. Yeah. They freed us up to kind of get back to shepherding our church. Yeah. That was, it, it is awesome. And <clears throat> kind of transitioning out of like the, all we talked about all of the immediate recovery and all the immediate, uh, the, not the recovery, but all the immediate response. We're kind of in a recovery period now where they helped us to establish relationships um, that can, that are continuing on now instead of just in and out. We helped you were gone. Um, that's, that's the next step. That's the next step after complete after, after we respond and we do all like the the quick help. The next step was to have those relationships continue. Yeah. And so here's a here's a good. I wish I would have set this up front, but you're gonna get <laughs> at the end. Uh, something that I heard from one of our um, associational leaders here through an email was these three R's, these three words that helped really guide and put into perspective what we're doing, and that is. The first stage of responding to a natural disaster is rescue. Mm-hmm. There are people that need to be rescued from their home. The second is relief. People yeah. need water. They need those basic things to find some relief to their pain. That there's, And then the third is recovery. Mm-hmm. So just kind of talking about that for a second. Yeah. Rescue. Man, the craziest story I heard was, one of the craziest stories I heard was a lady who was pretty pregnant and uh I want to say maybe like eight months pregnant and she had a, maybe a three-year-old and she was living with her grandmother. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, they wake, crazy. they wake up in the middle of the night and the water is several feet deep in their home. So they call 911 after like forever they get through. Yeah. And their 911's like, uh, we can't come to you. You're going to have to get on the high, the highest thing in your house. Mm-hmm. Just get on the highest thing and just wait it out. So they get on their table and the water rises to over the table and and getting unsafe to be in the house. So in the middle of the night, like 3 a.m., this family swims out of their house onto the top of their car, and the, the water's rising over the car now, and, and a neighbor from across the way comes over in a boat, is able to get get some rescue, bring rescue to them, get them in the boat, get them to safety. And he spent all night rescuing different people. Mm -hmm. And it was a huge, I mean, what a blessing. Not everybody could do that rescue. Um, The kind of a crazy thing that happened with that, with this one gentleman is that he spent his life that night rescuing people. And the next day he died from a heart attack. Yeah. It's kind of Mm -hmm. just a crazy, a crazy thing, crazy experience that, that happened. But again, it brought that community together. That community had a memorial service for this man. Yeah. And what a testimony of somebody who just just like like Jesus went and found people and and rescued them, 
And so we have an opportunity through a storm, if, if you can in your neighborhood, to do that. But that's not for that's not the the biggest need or the biggest thing that everybody in your church can do would be a part of the rescue. It's more for people who are there in that crisis situation or some of our first responders. Yeah. But the relief part, that's what we can bring. Yeah. And then the recovery, that's long term. Yeah. So we're in the recovery stuff. right now. Yeah, we are. It's been it's been interesting. It's been cool. I mean, um, it's still something that we still talk about, Harvey. Yeah. We're going to be talking about it for a while. Yeah. And there are people, well, what kind of, the the, the city's up and running. Mm-hmm. Again, we won the World Series. Yeah. Sorry for that everybody awesome. else who lost the World Series. Go Strohs. But we uh, we won. And <laughs> and the, the city feels good. Lots of people feel good. They're back yeah. to work. Mm-hmm. But there are, you know, hundreds of thousands of people, if not more. Yeah who their reality is still living in an RV in their driveway because yeah. their home was devastated or they're living in their home with That's plastic, plastic walls yeah. because the sheetrock's all removed and they're still waiting for a permit to get sheetrock put up and they don't have the funds because they didn't have insurance because it's never flooded before. I mean, yeah, people are still living in those circumstances. So the, it, the challenge is to stay engaged yeah because we can get exhausted and overwhelmed which i i did mm-hmm. you, and i know that oh you yeah it's like the very I first, the first part little part back, i was like man you're still overwhelmed yeah and all the while trying to minister to your family yeah and so i guess one thing i would say is our your your families need time to process this and to recover yourself so you're gonna have to find some time to uh to find some vacation find some rest and uh, yeah, in the process of recovery, uh, though, what we're doing here is we're partnering with a bunch of different churches, yeah. And we are going to be sharing the recovery effort. So this year, we have um, we're part of what we call the the four B uh, recovery network, mm-hmm. and so that's kind of a Bay Area and some other bees that like basically the southeast region uh, of Houston. We've all come together as a church to do this recovery network to share in that. And our goal is to have 500 volunteers come down this year and help to rebuild a thousand homes. Yeah. And it's not, it's not something that our church can do mm-hmm. on our own, but us together, we can do it. So, so after all of this said, then if you have have to go through a natural disaster, um, just like we've kind of done it a couple of times, uh, through this podcast, but, uh, you definitely want to thank the people <laughs> that helped you. I mean, it, it's so all the people that came down, all the people that came to our church and helped. Um, if you if you hear this, we thank you. But you would definitely want to thank those people. Um, for, for Absolutely. Well, I don't want to leave pe- too many people out, but some of the teams that came were you know Stephen Street Baptist Church, mm-hmm. Poplar Grove Baptist Church. We had West Monroe Baptist Church, um, and we had Temple uh, in Ruston, Louisiana. A lot of people gave things i'm probably yeah. leaving people out it's a group from cleveland that allowed us to use a shower trailer absolutely yeah tennessee cleveland tennessee yeah let us use a shower trailer for a long time mm-hmm. and uh, it was just awesome yeah so thank you thank you people if you're listening for helping and um so yeah whenever a natural disaster happens if you're right in the center hopefully this, this will help you out but if you're not right in the center um mobilize your church to help other churches yes so it's all about it's all about kingdom work Mm -hmm. and using that opportunity i'll say one other thing i know we're going long but (laughs) um we have some people in our church 
who are from Puerto Rico and they have family in Puerto Rico. So even in the midst of our disaster, uh, our staff just last week, you and I, Philip, and yeah. our, our and small groups pastor and our yeah. our director of our Hispanic ministry, we all went down to Puerto Rico yeah. to love on and encourage pastors and churches there. And we're planning a trip early next year to Puerto Rico. So, mm-hmm. you know, we're all helping each other out in the midst of our own yeah. d- disasters. You don't yeah. have to be a perfect church to, to step in and help other people and to be on mission. All right. Well, that's that's all we got for today. Uh, make sure to tune in next week uh, for another episode of Millennial Pastor. If you can find me on Twitter at Phil Extravagant or find me on Facebook, Philip Gant, you can find John Aaron where we find you at. At J.A. Matthew. And also, we yeah, we have a new Facebook group. That we have a new page Facebook page. Yeah. Put, to, put up. Millennial Pastor. It's spelled with two L's and two N's. Which is the right way to spell that it. That is the correct totally. way. Philip found that out. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway... Um, why don't you go ahead and uh, like our Facebook page so you can stay up to date with the, the different podcasts that are yeah. coming out. Give us a follow on iTunes. Give us a follow on Facebook. Yeah, subscribe. Facebook. That's what people say. Subscribe. subscribe. That's what it is, right? And remember, as always, we begin this podcast with prayer and we're praying for you. We believe that our young leaders need to step up to lead churches to fulfill the Great Commission. 